Hello and welcome to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media we love and loathe from a queer perspective. I'm Hamish, drowned in moonlight by my own bra, Steel. <laughs> and I'm Jade. When will Gwendolyn Christie, Gina Rodriguez, Rosario Dawson, Natalie Dormer and many, many other beautiful women be my wife, Rose? And in today's episode, we are talking about celebrities and why we are obsessed with them in both good and bad ways and why everyone wants to be one and why they affect us so much. So So a a small topic that isn't controversial in the slightest. Well, I think we do a lot of episodes about specific geek media um and uh i am going to mention the fact that you have been dancing with a bottle of water for about a minute trying to find it's a metal water bottle it makes a lot of noise when i put it down sorry anyway um we do a lot of episodes where we talk about you know this media thing this media thing and Mm -hmm. some people might not have you know seen them i felt like i wanted to do a more general thing just talking about fame yeah. Talking about people that inspire us. Cool. Um, and not just listing people that inspire us and why, but trying to dissect why we do seek people as strangers. Yeah. Um, to guide us. For sure. Um, Did we want to start with the delightfully weighty topic? <laughs> like... Hamish plotted this episode, and I looked at it and I was just like, wow, let's start off with a real sort of cheer fest. Um, the cheer fest that was? Yeah, I was going to say, at the time of recording, but not at the time of broadcast, uh, 2016, and the uh, sheer number of celebrity deaths this year. And not just celebrities dying, but rather celebrities who have meant a lot to people. Um Particularly, I suppose, the musicians, when we talk about uh, Prince and Bowie. And um, obviously, in recent few days, Carrie Fisher. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of people dying. <laughs> lots well, of people being very upset. And there's it's interesting. It's a phenomenon that I've seen a few times. And not just this year, just this year there's been a good old slog of it. Is when uh, a celebrity dies... Um, and people start grieving publicly. There are always people that are really quick on the, but they were so problematic, and people start pulling out all the, pulling out the receipts. <laughs> and um, it just it always hurts me, even when it's a somebody that I'm personally not like. None of the celebrities who died this year particularly had a massive impact on my life not to say that I had aren't feeling the loss but the way they are other people when Terry Pratchett died and I saw it on Twitter I had to leave my office and go sob outside for half an hour Mm. so I I, yeah but to get back to my point is particularly if a celebrity has rightly done things in the past that should be called on it's just like can you let people grieve for five minutes without jumping down their throat going but so and so was a terrible human being you can grieve for family members that treated you badly yeah like it um grief isn't really dependent on Mm -hmm. 
them in a way it's it's you acknowledging an aspect of your life that's no longer there or mm-hmm. so david bowie um really liked his music growing up mm-hmm. um and i was still getting his albums uh, and in a, a kind of selfish way mm-hmm. i thought he he died and i was at peace with that yeah because i had enjoyed so much of his albums yeah um i was still getting prince albums every the four he released a year or whatever you do yeah. like, through newspapers and stuff um and I, I i think with prince i the another there was a little selfish quality of like oh i'll never see him live and mm-hmm. that was something more likely because he was always playing weird london gigs and stuff yeah but i was still at peace i didn't feel the grief mm-hmm. i felt a that is the passing of someone their contributions have been uh, have affected a lot of people. Yeah. Um, the one that has affected me the most is Carrie Fisher because I feel like she was still helping me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only very recently become aware of my own mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And I just really expected there'd be so many more years of seeing her talk about that and... Um, sort of just so openly and yeah so I think that it felt very much like someone I knew yeah. and I guess that's what the episode this episode is about is why we feel we know these people mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so slight I think to counter that point because that's not what I'm doing um but a tweet that I've seen reproduced on, on Tumblr and I saw it earlier today or yesterday which I wanted to mention I was just searching for it um Somebody tweeted, thinking about how we mourn artists we've never met. We don't cry because we knew them. We cry because they helped us know ourselves. Mm. I think that's particularly true of um, celebrities who are musicians or who are in media that means a lot to us. Um, Or even when it's somebody like Carrie Fisher who talks so candidly about, without shame. And I think that's something I want to mention with uh, George Michael as well. Um, after he was outed, mm. he then refused to not own it. He was just like, no, okay, fine, you put me here. Here I am in all my fucking gay glory and you are going to deal with it because mm. you you set the table, fine, here it is, here I am. Fuck all of yous, homophobic people, I don't want them buying my records anyway. <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, yes. I, I think a day or two before George Michael died, mm-hmm. I made a series of tweets about how I couldn't identify a gay male celebrity who I felt... Uh, it's hard to explain. Like, I, I, I related to in a way that... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Every gay male celebrity I could think of was a very different person to me. Yeah. Um, and George Michael was very different to me, but when he died, I suddenly realized so much about, I wasn't, I don't know if I really cared so much about relating to someone on a very superficial mm-hmm. level. I, I, George Michael, you know, great songs. That's like, I, I didn't listen to much of them, but yeah. I have this very distinct memory of, watching a music documentary and yeah. them talking about him being outed and then owning it. Mm-hmm. And I was very closeted. I was sort of 13 or 14 in, in a room with my parents. Yeah. And I remembered my dad laughing at the video in a very with him kind of way. 
Oh, cool. Kind of just laughing and like, oh, that's brilliant. That's great. Kind of mm. way. And it's, it's those kind of tiny little, mm. um, connections we have to celebrities where yeah. they don't intend or know mm. exactly how much they're affecting. Yeah. I suppose it's something we've mentioned about representation within media with fictional yes. characters, but also uh, celebrities who are out or celebrities who publicly challenge the status quo, who talk openly about mental illness or who say, fuck the fuck, fuck the patriarchy and telling me what kind of, what it means to be a man, Prince, Bowie, George Michael doing their own thing. Just like, well, no, this is how I do it. But what it does is it gives, and this is what we've talked about with representation, is it gives people who aren't part of that group a touchstone. Like, I remember my friend Tony telling me when he came out to his dad, his dad was, okay, so, and this, I'd like to put it, this is a horrible thing to say in a lot of ways, but at the same time, in the front, I can't remember the other celebrity, but he, I think his dad's words were, okay, on a scale from George Michael to X. Da, da, da. how gay are you? was <laughs> <laughs> just like, I remember being faintly horrified when this story was recounted to me, but for straight people, I suppose that is a, oh, okay, this is a gay person I know, or I am vaguely aware of. This is my frame of reference. I got quite touched by seeing a lot of straight people saying how much George Michael had inspired them. Mm -hmm. Because as a kid... I remember him being just quite a cheap joke yeah. around the playground. Yeah, no, same. Um, and it gave me, I don't know, just a feeling of um, validation that even yeah. though I, I've been increasingly putting like gay characters in my stuff and wearing the, oh, it's the gay artist mm -hmm. kind of thing with pride, and knowing that that won't actually inherently turn people off if the yeah. quality is still good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean like the, I think I, I cried the most, I didn't really cry any of the deaths, but I did cry a, a lot for Carrie Fisher, but I also laughed more than ever. And mm -hmm. I remember the same thing kind of happened with Rick Mail that because mm -hmm. the death meant that I watched like so much of their yeah. appearances and work mm -hmm. on, um, you know, in a short space of time, like I haven't laughed as much in a while just from watching really funny interviews and all kinds Carrie of stuff. Carrie Fisher, man, that woman. I mean, so I wanted to kind of talk about mm -hmm. maybe first time we sort of had a celebrity crush. I like something that's been going around recently because of Carrie Fisher is people telling people off for mentioning their like crush on her. Mm -hmm. And I do think there is a, a, a definite extent where it's inappropriate. Yeah, this is not about your boner? Yeah. I think men like to mention their boners whenever they can. Um, I think because of how publicly she talked about how much she hated the bikini, when people yeah. bring that up as, like, mm. the the thing I remember from her entire career. Like, it's a little... It's very sad. Yeah. But um, I think... Um, I think the idea of cr a crush... How do you define a crush? Well, a crush is infatuation, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, because you get friend crushes and you get romantic crushes. and But it's that feeling, isn't it? It's um, 
that dopamine release from a biological perspective it's that dopamine release it's the way your stomach goes all fluttery when you think about the person and regardless of what that context is it is they consume your thoughts um i think celebrity crushes are a a slightly different thing because you don't have that immediate physical aspect yeah but it is that same you feel giddy they preoccupy many 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 of your thoughts um i think it's interesting that um I was gonna say, I think crushes also change as you get older. Like the nature of a crush shifts as you come out of the flush of puberty. <laughs> well, I, would, I was I, gonna say the the crushes we have younger, while certain things are the same, are not the same. I know crushing as an adult is a horrible experience, and I have done it, and I hate it. Yeah, because it's not fun. It is distracting and frequently upsetting well i think especially when it's on a real person it's yeah. a real quote real person and that's a, something we might have to come back to with celebrities being quote unquote real people i'm trying to think about my first ever crush and it probably was like a guy in a video game or mm-hmm. it probably wasn't a real person or a cartoon character i was gonna say i don't think i've ever thinking back because um when we were playing, plotting the episode I very much, and this is probably for somebody who is a deeply uncoordinated individual (laughs) with glasses and um, physically non-athletic. The fact that my favourite Spice Girl was Sporty Spice (laughs) probably has everything to do with, you know, reasons not to do with sport. But she was my favourite and I loved her and I wanted to be her. And I think that that was, and that was very much a child's crush. And I remember thinking she was amazing and having a poster and her being my favourite Spice Girl. Um, I think slightly later, I remember being mocked by my father, as was his wont, about how much I liked Leonardo DiCaprio. And in my defence, this was Romeo and Juliet slash Titanic era, Leonardo DiCaprio, where he was very pretty and looked more like a lesbian. Yep. So I do not feel bad about that. But looking back, I had like fan books and I wanted to watch all of the films he was in. Mm. My first experience of that phenomenon of the of the pit. I kind of want to name it because I always think of I it as a pit. We should call it the pit. The pit. The pit. I wonder if anyone's had a Brad Pitt pit. Somebody's bound to have had a Brad Pitt pit. <laughs> um, yeah, the pit is when you... You start off thinking, oh, they're an attractive person. I'd like to watch that show. Or they've, they're funny. Or they're a really good actor. Yes. Which was frequently my defence. Um, they're a good actor. But they're, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, because we like acting and stuff, I can't quite imagine. I can't, don't think I can imagine having a crush on an actor if they were a terrible actor. I'm fairly certain people have. But I think it's that entirely is, about the visual. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, and you start off with just watching one thing they're in, mm-hmm. and then you watch another thing they're in, mm-hmm. and then you start watching things they're in which you know are terrible, mm-hmm. and then you start thinking maybe they're not terrible, but you te- you defend them by saying they're <laughs> terrible. You say, "Oh, it's really bad." I but just think so they're and so is really good they're really it? good in it when it, when secretly you just quite like it. Yeah. Um, and then you're you're panicking because you're running out 
and then you're yep. looking what they're next going to be in. Mm-hmm. And you're on you- Scanning the IMDP page. Yeah, like, there's got to be more. You're scanning YouTube for interviews and you, like, save some. Don't. And, uh, Don't. Yeah. So we've, we, we know about the pit. Let's not talk about the episodes of Third Watch I have downloaded to my laptop. <laughs> because of the Charlie Day pit. Well, it's like... That show is awful. I've, to be um, fair, I skipped through the rest of the episodes. I was literally just watching it for his butts. I've skipped through... Yeah, I skipped through... Uh, I've got quite good of, like, skipping through and finding the scenes there. There's, the, there's their face. There they are. There they and are. And getting... You can get just what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said something interesting, which I kind of wanted to make what we talk about next. Mm-hmm. When you talked about Sporty Spice, you said that you loved her and wanted to be her. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I know that, um, I do think people who are exclusively attracted to another gender might also have this, mm-hmm. but I do think if you are attracted to your own gender, um, crushes do take on a slightly more intense yeah. kind of thing where it's not quite a crush. One of the reasons I think. I go into the pit mm-hmm. is because I am constantly looking for people I relate to mm-hmm. because I don't get them from my family yeah. or, um, that sounds a bit rude, but like, no, no, no. You're, you're looking, like, you're looking for someone that you connect with. It's, that some, kin- it's kinship. Yeah. It's that need to identify, to feel less alone. And even if they're so different, mm-hmm. it's what you think you want to be. It's quite hard to, crush on someone of your gender and not wish you were more like them. Mm-hmm. Whereas my very base... Well, you're attracted to... <laughs> well... I'm complicated. You are complicated, but in a wonderful complicated way. Thank you. I just... I, I... I... Yeah. It, it's something... Um, and it's probably what we're going to title the episode um it's something i use a lot on and it is on tumblr and it is something i first saw um women who love women using is seeing pictures of a celebrity tagged as both life goals and wife goals Mm. and it is that idea of both wanting to be like somebody and also be with somebody like that yeah and I, 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 I'm always a little bit defender, defensive when I see this joke go around Tumblr and I'm mm-hmm. a place a lot, which is that um, gay couples look like twins. Yeah. And it might be a bit odd, but it makes a kind of sense that you would style yourself on what you find attractive and date what you find attractive. I was going to say, isn't it? I've seen another one, which is, um, what would a younger version of you think of you? Would they be attracted to them? And I... I have quite poor self-image, generally speaking, but frequently I'm also attracted to people that look a little bit like me. Mm. Like, I think when I first came across, encountered Sue Perkins, I was like, <laughs> who is this sarcastic brunette gay with glasses? <laughs> who is the other dog in the mirror? <laughs> it was a little bit like that. And um, I suppose, while well, my hair doesn't isn't its natural colour anymore and hasn't been quite some time, uh, Tracer from... Overwatch. Hmm. I was like, who is this person who is English with cool goggles slash glasses and short dark hair? I like this person. 
And um, then I found out the accent was poorly done and got mad about it. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. But it is that you... Um, there are also um, in case, cases where... I've lost my train of thought. Uh, but haircuts and stuff like that. A celebrity you have a crush on or who you admire, you might particularly like a certain item of clothing they habitually wear or mm. uh, the way they style themselves. And you go, I never would have done that, but now I want to. I mean, I didn't used to wear thick black framed glasses, which I blame entirely on the 10th Doctor. Mm. I know a lot of people uh, suffered the tenant pit. I, I, it makes me so very sad that my hair can't do that. Well, the tenant pit, I I wasn't in. I was. But I... And there is some depths to that pit. But I think that pit is an interesting example because I think so many people went into it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So getting hold of all his old TV shows or films was actually kind of easy yeah. in that people were putting them out there and helping each other in a way. Mm-hmm. Um I've been in some pits where I've been, <laughs> I've been very alone. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in one at the moment. Come on, this is right. This is this is Hamish's Let therapy. Let me tell you time. a yarn. Uh, yeah, the reason we're doing this episode is I'm kind <laughs> of in a pit right now. Kind of in a pit, he says. And I'm trying to help. I'm trying to get out, but every time I ask for help, people shove me back in. Um, <laughs> I feel like Boba Fett in the La Sarlacc pit, and. Oh, whatever. Um, anyway. Nerd. So, um, I'll start at the beginning. Please do. Um, I wanted to go see School of Rock, the stage musical, um, mostly because I watched um, these series of quite interesting vlogs on Broadway.com mm-hmm. from Alex Brightman, who plays Dewey Finn slash Jack Black. Um, essentially, <laughs> but does his own take on it on the show. And so I'd watched all these episodes, I got quite familiar with it, and it just came to London, so I wanted to go see it. And <laughs> <laughs> I looked up who was playing the role in the UK version. And as an actor, I have seen in way more things than I uh, have noticed. Mm-hmm. He's had very small roles in Doctor Who, Sherlock... Black Mirror. He was in Sherlock? Yep. He plays the train-obsessed guy oh. who they ask about train things. He usually plays very sad, slobby <laughs> losers. His name is David Finn. And I feel... So, I'm in the pit, but he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Does that mean that... Is this like the Rule 34 of the internet? Like, you now ha- do you have to create the Wikipedia page? I, I, But I don't know enough about him. Anyway, he... Bears quite a strong resemblance to my husband. Mm-hmm. To the point I can verify. To this. the point that when um I went to see it with my friend, he kept turn like <laughs> saying it's spooky. This is weird. Um, and it, and I I found him physically quite attractive. I thought he was very funny in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I um yeah went to see it. Had a good time. Remembered it. Um, and I wanted to watch more stuff that he was in, because I was on the edge of the pit. Little did I know I was going to do a full Leslie Nope and <laughs> <laughs> Best tum- description. tumble in headfirst. Um, Legs akimbo. Yeah. I Dignity mean, gone. So I... 
but the thing is, and the reason why I think this has hurt more than a lot, mm-hmm. and this is, might get a bit personal, but um, whenever I go and see a play, I get the exact same stage fright feeling that I would have if I was in it. Mm-hmm. I was. I went to go see it with my friend Jack, who just had kind of naive excitement. It was just, yeah, it looks fun. This looks great. Like a good time. Mm-hmm. I like the film. And we were in the lobby waiting and I was just like, like my, my palms were sweaty and I was like trying to remember lines and then going like, I don't, I haven't read the script. I don't know my lines. Oh my God. And like, Mm -hmm. I was getting very nervous. Um, and then the, as a little bit about me, I do like acting and I very one of my life's regrets people say I don't have regrets but then I wouldn't have any memories but one of my memories is being at school and being in a play and then someone saying you should do drama you're very good and me saying no and in my head it was because I wanted to remain as closeted as possible yeah so I have this kind of uh, I have this kind of alternate life that I think about a lot, or I'm I like acting and I'm doing acting and stuff, and I think over time mm-hmm. I've tried to justify the fact that I didn't do acting through a few ways. Yeah, and one of the ways recently has been my weight. I've been I've I've thought I don't really want to play the sort of sidekick comedy thing. I want to play roles, but. I oh, see. I'm I have the of, opposite problem. I only want to play quirky. Sidekick yeah, well, like, I want to. I, I want to. I don't want to just be the comedy sidekick. I want to yeah. be the lead, and I, I really like singing, but I don't sing a kind of Broadway way, and mm-hmm. I get very nervous about how sweaty I get and things like that. Yeah. I go and see this play. I see this actor, and he's the full Rick Mail within five minutes of the first song, drenched <laughs> throughout the entire show. Yeah. Um. I was. I was gonna say you were on the very front. I row. was on the front row. <laughs> you were again. close enough to see that sweat. I was close enough to receive his sweat. I, oh, beautiful! I have his DNA in me now. Don't use that term. <laughs> <of price. laughs> um, anyway, and like he sat, he sings, and obviously it's school of rock. He sings in a kind of more rocky like mm-hmm. uh, way that I would sing. He's the yes, he's a funny character, but he's also the lead. He's yeah. a, a romantic lead. He's. Um, a dramatic and comedic lead and he's really fat and i i'm fine saying that because i i've seen enough interviews where he's been very okay with that and mm-hmm. um i don't know just like all of my reasons for not doing drama i'd built up in my head were kind of destroyed been ripped and up from underneath i yeah. was very fascinated by watching what well, i've watched all kinds of crap he's been in now mm-hmm. um Although, I mean, I've watched a sitcom he's in where he plays a homosexual, which is obviously doing wonders for my um, <laughs> my pits escaping. He, um, he You slide back on down into that pit, my dear. Yeah, he was in this um, sitcom called Undateable, which is bad. Well, it's not bad. I don't want to say it's bad. But it's like, in its first season, it's, it hasn't really got a unique selling point. Okay. And then when it, in its final season, it found its unique selling point. Every episode went out live. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like anarchic oh, and like a play and everything's going wrong and they are really matter and stuff. Oh, cool. And it's really ex- fun. That and, does sound interesting. And then, it, and then it ended. Yeah. Um, and I've like run out of episodes of that. 
I'm like, oh, have you watched this amazing show, Hamish, that everyone's talking about now? I was like, no, I'm watching a cancelled NBC sitcom from three years ago that no one's heard of. <laughs> because I'm in the pits, you don't understand. And I'm, yeah. This episode was done for therapy. How's it, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Okay. But I'm kind of wondering if it's... I. It feels very embarrassing to be in the pit. Mm. Because I do think people think it's a crush when I think I've actually I'm just very intrigued by an actor who in some small way feels like possibly me in a parallel universe yeah does that make sense yeah no it definitely does one thing I suppose about the pit and this is something we mentioned planning the episode is one when you're coming at it from the perspective of being uh, uh, somebody attracted to the the same uh, same or similar genders. Um, also, we're aware of the fact that this might not be the case for people who are neurotypical, hmm. which we are not. Yeah. And that interesting line between crush and special interest and the pit is a phenomenon that we are possibly not. <laughs> we started doing a podcast so we could talk about our special interests, <laughs> basically. So we are both definitely equipped and possibly unequipped to talk about it but to circle back to the uh, or to cir- to continue circling the point of therapy and also in a situation related to wife goals slash life goals um as a trans person and this is a, a concept my friend ray introduced me to um is the concept of fubu now what does fubu stand for i hear possibly some of you asking um Fubu refers to the phenomenon of not knowing if you want to fuck somebody or be that person. And I think when you are trans, particularly if you're sort of at the beginning of your transition or trying to find how you wish to transition, it's a very weighted and complicated issue to pass your own feelings on let alone try to explain it to other people. When I think about my David Tennant time, looking back on that, it was very much a, I can go, oh, right. Because at the time I was under the impression I was cis, but thinking, I was like, no, that hair is the coolest. Those glasses are the coolest. That coat is the coolest. I want to be this. Mm. Um, Getting older um, and as somebody that's, only sort of come to understand that they're trans in the past few years of life, of their life. Um, The Charlie Day thing started with Newt in Pacific Rim. And it was just like, holy shit. Not only is this a character I identify with in a lot of ways, but the aesthetic of that character. And not long after I had my hair cut shorter and it, my hair does not do the thing that that hair does. And this is a frequently an issue of mine. So fuck it. Now it's dyed bright colours. But the aesthetic of wearing the skinny jeans and the big boots and the shirt and tie. I was like, what a fucking look. I um, have never seen a character more taken in by trans people than Newt. Mm-hmm. And it's... I, I cosplayed new once and felt bad as a cis person doing it. Yeah. Because I felt like I, I shouldn't be mm. taking this character away from trans people, but... I say it's also... I have seen it to be true of Herman as yeah. well. Like, I have um, a trans man friend of mine who heavily identifies with Herman and 
puts a lot of that analysis on. But yeah, and no, like you say, n- there's something about it, and it does, I think, happen more than that. But it was the first time for me I really experienced like a community grabbing hold of a character and going, "No, this is ours. Yeah, you, the sis, you cannot have him. He is ours now." But that concept of Fibu isn't just restricted to fictional characters. Like, um, if I was to go into my Fubu tag on my blog, I know Charlie Day has been on there. I know Charlie Cox has been on there. David Tennant has been on there. And it, it's um, more so than my life goals, wife goals. Fubu is of a different flavour. And it is, but you do have that same kind of voracious want and it is so is this attraction is this ideolation is this aspiration i want to be this person in so many ways and particularly if you aren't looking or are not in a place where you are going to medically transition like through hormones or surgery it can be a very useful guide on how to sort of style yourself mm. And it's sort of like if you don't have the first clue of, okay, I uh, this is not the case. I'm a man. How the fuck do I dress like a man? Here is this person. I love this person. I love their style. Okay, I am going to copy them. During like a quite bad bout of depression, mm-hmm. I went into work with a white shirt, skinny tie, and a like a leather jacket that mm-hmm. I had. Basically, I wore my note cosplay, and I just felt so much better because I just. I like that character. Mm-hmm. I am that character in some small way, so I like myself today. Yeah, I have definitely done closet cosplay to when I know that I'm going to be somewhat upsetting or stressful as a touchstone, as something to guide me to for me to latch onto. I mean, one of like the part of the David Finn crush has mm. been that. Um, I've I felt like I recently put on so much weight mm-hmm. and I still have all these clothes that just don't fit me and mm-hmm. seeing someone who's wearing large and extra large clothes very well mm-hmm. and looking very good in it yeah. has kind of helped me with that. Mm-hmm. And it's just... What I kind of wanted to drift into is to talk about the fact that they're real people and yes. they didn't necessarily ask for this mm-hmm. um you kind of like it's something accepted that if you become an actor you also have to want to do silly things on jimmy kimmel and Ugh. um <laughs> and want to talk to every single person that comes up to you mm-hmm. for fear of it spreading that you're a horrible person yeah and in like it's just I think especially with Twitter, now that we can talk to every single celebrity that we want and mm-hmm. say anything we want to them, um, the idea of celebrities being these... You know, when you think about the, the first Hollywood stars and yeah. everyone would get their hair cut a certain way because of meeting it in a film, yeah. it was still a kind of idol that didn't really exist. Yeah, they were, they they were up on very, their pedestal. Yeah, and now there's no real pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um it's something I've heard talked about on other podcasts. Uh, that line, uh, sort of, if between being able to engage and being feeling like you are entitled. Yeah. But also, there's the phenomenon of people will tag 
celebrities on Twitter and not think that they see it. Like, especially if somebody is, I hate these, a lower tier celebrity. <laughs> but I think people at, uh, the people at celebrities or the people involved in things not thinking of them as real people. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to talk about it again because it's the current pit. But yeah. I actually would feel better about... Um, the David Finn thing mm. if he was more famous and had yeah. you know he's got like 10,000 Twitter followers or something yeah like if they were kind of this big unreachable star thing I would feel less weird about a kind of obsession mm-hmm. I'm saying those horrible words but like the fact that he uh, is in a play every night a mm-hmm. few streets away from me and I could potentially see him whenever I want and if I tweet him, it's much more likely he'll see it. Yeah. Makes me more nervous than... Mm. I think when people are huge astronomic stars, they treat them just like... They're unreachable. They're a star. Yeah. They're they, far yeah. away and from And they us. can just say whatever they want and they won't even notice, but... Yeah. yeah. On the flips, I remember when we went and saw Shock Treatment. Was that this year? Was that at the beginning of this year? Maybe. So- oh, that might be my theatre of the year shit. then. That's kind of terrifying. It might have been the year before. It may have been the year before. This but... podcast is going out in 2017. <laughs> oh, don't even. Okay, but when we, we saw Shock Treatment, we loved it. Yes. It was fantastic. But I remember how excited we all were because when, a couple of times when we tweeted, they tweeted back. Yes. And it's that recognition. Witness me. Witness. I have been witness. Show shiny. But, um, like, uh, and these people are active on Twitter. And uh, it's, like, for example, one of the actors, we caught him doing something. We caught a small little thing he was doing. And we were like, is that an always sunny reference? Yes. <laughs> and then you you tweeted him after the show. And he confirmed it. He tweeted back, going, hey, good spot. <laughs> and then we're like, and we were all there, like, on the tube, like, ah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's not their responsibility. No. I mean, um, my friend was really obsessed with John Sim mm-hmm. and heard that he was a bit of a grouch or whatever. All right. So when she got to meet him mm-hmm. and he was a bit of a grouch to her, she was really excited. <laughs> she, <laughs> she got she's like, oh, yeah, I got, I my, got the authentic John Sim. I got my Sim. John Sim. Um, yeah. I know I, we, this is my third time mentioning Rick Mayall, this podcast, yeah. but I remember he would used to if people came up to him and said, oh, can we have a video? And he would go, oh, F off, you bastard! And, like, give them the proper Rick mail that they would want. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any fun celebrity meetings or um, bad ones? <laughs> the one time I really encountered... Uh, um, aside from spotting celebrities at a distance and being too chicken shit to do anything about it, was seeing Eddie Izzard outside Avenue Q. Mm. Really wish I'd gone up and spoken to him. Don't know what the fuck I would have said. And Tim Minchin outside the theatre where Matilda is and somebody was already bugging him. And I have, I remember reading an etiquette book once and I'm like, this is their time. It's a difference between that and the stage door. But So I had a couple of spots and I was like, huh, that person. The one time I've had an um, encounter, I say encounter, I, um, I went to a book signing with uh, the Neil Gaiman did at Forbidden Planet. Hmm. Spoke to him briefly. He was lovely. Made a tit out of myself. Fairly unsurprisingly. Basically, the whole time I was in the queue, I was coaching myself, don't say something stupid. Don't say something stupid, Jade. You can do this. It's a brief interaction. (sighs) You will be fine. 
spoke to Neil Gaiman and said, thank you very much, your work means a lot to me. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's, it's nice to meet you. And I said, thank you for not becoming a postman. And I swear <laughs> to God, I had a fucking out-of-body experience when my soul left my body, looked down and go, Jade, you fucking idiot. I'd popped back in. And he also said, he just, he was very gracious about it and smiled and ca- I carried on. And then I, I died inside. But he was lovely. He was very sweet. And the couple of times I have gone up to celebrities at cons, um, mm. and they're on then. But I have a picture. I'm not ashamed of my tortured face. Um, no. The year, the time I was cosplaying Newt, I met Kai Owen, who plays Reese, And he was lovely and very sweet. And he had no cue. So I was able to go right up to him. And oh, my accent went a bit weird then. And um, the first time I went to MCM, I met. Uh, Gareth I can never get if it's Gareth David Lloyd or Gareth yes. Lloyd it, he was so sweet mm. and the grin on my face in that photograph is something to be but he was so lovely and so very sweet and I didn't really chat to him for very long because I was a bit of a fluster but again there was a bit of a crush going on there because I was just like ah oh, sarcastic I have a thing about sarcastic characters in things who knew <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've seen some people that I regret not saying hello to mm-hmm um, but I've all, my my, I work in Soho and London, and I do see people a lot, hmm. and I just, I I've I've got over wanting to talk to them, and I do want to just leave them alone, but then yeah. I always regret it anyway. But also the industry that you're in, you actually have encounters with. Well, this is the other thing: is that I you're becoming I'm I'm that, you're part of that world. Yes, I'm working more as a director, um, in things, and I talk to famous people sometimes. So having big crushes on people... That you then have to meet. Which you kind of work... You could potentially work with. Yeah. Starts getting kind of... It just feels dirty. And Mm -hmm. I do kind of wonder if it is also a gay thing slightly because I... A lot of the people I crush on are straight Mm -hmm. and they probably become famous and always have these, oh, all these girls you know, crushing on me kind of thing. And then you see this chubby 26-year-old man. Heartizing mm-hmm. um, at you from across the room. Yeah, I feel, I feel extra conscious of it. Yeah. Um, it feels That it would be unwanted. Sillier. Yeah, it would be very unwanted. I mean, I... Uh, when a character, for example, David Finn played a gay person, when a character has done that, I do think... They at least must know a little bit. Yeah. I did see an interview of him when he was very proud that he made it onto IMDb's Hot Bears on television. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I'm really excited. Bless. Um, and so if, like, I just... Yeah. It's a bit of a worry if, you know... Yeah. I ever work with any of these people that know that I had mm. a big crush on them. I'm going to take what you just said there about most of them being straight and talk about that. It's... Uh, when we speculate about an actor's sexuality... Mm. I cannot help but feel incredibly seedy. Cause, and I think it's because there is always such a tabloid, pulpy sensation of, oh, is so-and-so gay? And I hate that. And it, there's mm. a, I don't reblog, if I can avoid it, pictures that I know have been taken by paparazzi because they make me feel physically uncomfortable. But the way tabloids speculate on sexuality and gossip columnists do is not the same thing as a a 14 year old gay person hoping that an actor they like will come out yeah and i mean 
we both rebuilt the thing earlier this week, I think it was this week, about celebrities that have come out in the past 12 months and how amazing that feels to know this person you admire is, uh, it's the expression my friend Ray uses, is one of the family. Yeah. And you immediately go, oh, they're one of us? Come to me. Like um, when Ellen Page came out. Yeah, a lot of us were like, not massively surprised, but it was sort of like, one, she's in a position where she's able to, but two, I loved her so much more. I, in, uh, which sounds no, horribly, no, it's true. But when Stephanie Beatrice came out and said, "Oh yeah, I like girls too," I knew I was floored. I get so annoyed by the comment you always see, the two comments you always see mm-hmm. on any post about a celebrity coming out mm-hmm. is that well, that's obvious. And the other one is, why is this news? Uh-huh. And it really bugs me because, A, a popular vine is now news. Like, anything is news. Truth. And the other one is just that this somewhere will help someone, which is better than most news. Yeah, this it, whole thing about representation, people going, oh, why does this matter? Why is this news? You don't need to look for people to identify with. I sometimes see gay people saying it. Oh, really? Because I think uh. it's just they they forget what being closeted's like mm-hmm. after a while. You yeah, you can get so cushy, mm-hmm. and it's very we, it's very lucky that the celebrities we're talking about come from a part of the world where they can come out, and it and we're very yes. lucky in this day and age that it possibly won't affect their careers as much. I do think it does affect careers still. Yes, irritatingly uh, um, so. Yeah, like so. It's like, for example, there's one thing for Ian McKellen to be out. Mm. It, and I think he's, I, I couldn't quote off memory some of the things he said about being out in Hollywood, but he's also of a certain age. It would be different for a young action star, like for the sake of a fictional example, Insensate, spoilers, if you have not watched it, the character of Leto is an action star in Mexico mm. and his coming out as gay is just starting to have horrifyingly wide for him personally, not generally, just like the the reception to that. And it's a different thing. And Hollywood is a depressingly fickle place that's still virulently homophobic in places, despite the fact it's in one of the most liberal cities in the world. Mm. And I was it's... thinking recently about Zachary Quinto. And yeah. how his star seemed to be very much rising. Mm-hmm. Don't really see him anything that isn't a Star Trek film mm. after coming out. I know he does a lot of theatre, which okay. to be fair is quieter. Yes. That quite often I think, oh, where did they go? And it's like, they've had a very successful, happy life on stage. Yeah. Um, and like, I, you know, I... I thank Ellen Page for being so open and as a mm. spokesperson. Yeah. I don't know if she'd care to play straight characters again but I wonder if she'd ever be considered for those yeah. kinds of things again hmm. um, a valid very valid question yeah so I do think it does affect careers mm-hmm. even if even if it affects them in a way that is I'm not going to let this affect me and I'm going to intentionally take roles it still becomes a thing that is then yeah. mentioned and brought up yeah. right I think we should come to a little bit of a imagination corner which is, uh, to wrap up the episode, which is, how do you think we would work as celebrities, Mr. Director in the industry, anyway? Well, could add- I did I did make that, I did write this point in our notes, mm-hmm. 
thinking of it more superstardom. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair but, point. I mean, I've I actually had people come up to me at cons, and ah. I think they've miss maybe thought I'm bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still, I still think I've potentially inspired some people. Oh, I've been contacted by people at universities to ask about how what they did after how how I handled animation graduation and stuff and the industry and things. So yeah. I, there's definitely some people who mm-hmm. think of me in that way. Yeah, very small. Mm. Um, and I'm a bit scared that I wouldn't be able to handle a million people like that every day asking that and sending. Abuse. God no. I I I, I so I'd like to think that if I was in a position where I ever become mega, and I don't want to become mega famous, like I I want to act professionally. I'd quite happily be in this David Finn position with no Wikipedia page. <laughs> I'll make your Wikipedia page. Oh, thank you. Um, but I like the idea of this is something in my in my more fanciful thoughts. I have genuinely smiled at the idea of becoming a well-known enough actor to be nominated for an acting award and the awarding body going, shit, we can't put them in best actor (laughs) or best actress and going, ha, fuck you guys. And (laughs) I love the idea of being a problem. To be fair, then they'll probably go, well, they just won't get nominated. But the idea (sighs) of being a problem that an awarding body has to deal with to readdress how they look at gender is Deeply satisfying. Mm. So yes, the thought of being an out famous person who is trans and non-binary, yes. I do think the way we thought about stuff has changed because I remember thinking, um, oh, I can't be this because I'm this. Mm-hmm. But in a way, that can you can use that. You can be the one actor that... I mean, we were talking yesterday. Yeah. Justin... Uh, we were talking about Warwick Davies. Yes. And how he's definitely used mm-hmm. what would probably initially thought the reason he could never be an actor. Yeah. To his advantage. Yeah. Um, and um, I think, yeah, it can be a bit scary to think that maybe I can't be in, I can't do this yeah. because of that. But in a way, that can. If you become Hollywood's go-to non-binary actor... That, which is a horrifying, terrifying notion of being having to speak for such a large and wide-reaching spectrum of people. Mm. But to be there, to be a voice for that community and to represent that community, the idea of being able to inspire or for one person to go, that person is like me. And I think that's mm. what it's about. Well, whenever I see celebrities talking about being bi, because most celebrities don't talk about it. There are a few celebrities who are out as non-binary, though, and genderqueer, like, um, I think, what was it, uh, Gerard Way mm. has spoken about it. Uh, Ezra Miller has spoken about it. And that's great. Mm. And I want more people to be talking about it. Because the understanding of, of gender and sexuality is changing. And we need people in the public eye talking about it, like Carrie Fisher was so openly candid about her manic depression Mm. this is what we need because celebrities do speak to a wide audience they are seen by millions of people they are heard by millions of people 
and so we look up to them and I don't want to say all celebrities have a responsibility but they are seen and they are heard and so if they can be seen and heard doing things and saying things that need to be said that mean things to marginalised people and that's a good thing yeah I mean I was just going to say that feels mm. like a very nice place to but now you've got something you want to add no I just wanted to acknowledge that I think this episode mm-hmm. is us really talking about it in a very positive way yes I kind of sidestepped talking at the start about problematic yeah elements but I'm I kind of just wasn't ready to do that today no maybe in another episode we'll talk about we'll that. do a favors your favors problematic episode. oh yeah definitely your favors problematic so okay but until then um we'd like to thank Graham Waller, Audio Overlord and Master of the Soundwaves for helping produce the podcast and Soundbid Audio for our theme music and we want to thank all of you for listening to this episode because granted Hamish and I will be talking about this stuff anyway but there wouldn't be much point us having a podcast if people weren't listening so thank you for tuning in and um, we hope you enjoyed the episode if you want to get in contact with us to leave us feedback or suggestions or um, anything like that uh, you can email us at boxnotincluded at gmail and we are boxnotincluded on Twitter and Tumblr. If you want to tell your friends about us, please stick an at in your tweet or in Tumblr <laughs> and spread the good word because we'd like other people to listen to this if you think they would. Um, we're also both on Twitter as ourselves. I'm uh, at Hamish Steele. And I'm, uh, what am I? I'm the same <laughs> thing I've been for years. It's Jade Oxford Rose. <laughs> oh wow what a spectacular failure but um, until next time and hopefully I'll remember my own Twitter handle I'm Jade Rose and I'm Hamish Steele and don't let anyone box you in <laughs>